However, when you get to 72, that's the required minimum distribution age. If you have a substantial large lump sum amount in an IRA or 401k that's all pre-tax, the government's making you take that money out. So you cannot control your tax rate anymore and you cannot control how much taxes you pay in your social security benefit and then potentially if your Medicare premiums jump up as well. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right Welcome financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Tax planning, as always, it's important throughout the year, but now is a good time to kind of look at some tax consequences. And we're going to do that for both short-term and a long-term look at tax consequences and, and help you understand today on this episode of Perfect Game Retirement the, the pros and cons of different account types that you might be using and whether or not you might want to rethink some things based on what we talk about. But as always, you can lean on a financial coach like Ryan Ledden at Black Oak Asset Management to help you with that. And and Ryan, you you like taxes. I know people are kind of polarized. Either you like talking about them or you hate them altogether. Where, where do you stand? Oh, yeah, I definitely love them. Um, you know, not not a CPA brain. I, I, it's amazing as, as math and numbers oriented as I am taking – accounting two at University of Georgia, I was like, oh God, I realized real quick, I don't want to become a CPA, but I like it enough to want to educate myself as much as possible. I, I, I do actually like looking at tax returns because uh, it gives me a very, very clear picture of where people are at, but doing the actual you know, credits and debits and then, oh, no, no, thanks. I uh, wanted nothing to do with it. But from a high level perspective, from an investment standpoint, I mean, they're intertwined, 100% intertwined with one another. So, I mean, that's the, the retirement rescue uh, toolkit that we have is focused on uh, how do we diffuse the, the our ticking tax time bomb of our giant 401ks and IRAs? How do we how do we wrestle with those as, especially now as the tax environment is going to be a little bit uncertain um, and social security is a little bit uncertain. And you may say, well, why you mentioned social security? Well, you got to pay taxes in, in, in retirement as well on your social security, depending on what your taxable income is. And again, I stress taxable. So if you don't have a lot of taxable income, you don't really show up on the IRS radar as much. So your Medicare premiums are going to be less. Your Social Security check is going to be more. So there's so many different nuances other than just a, how each account is taxed. How does that spill over into uh, into everything else when it comes to our retirement planning? Very good. Well, we're going to jump into it today and talk all about tax consequences. And I want to lead things off, though, with a little getting to know you questions. We always do. We will throw a question Ryan's way that's outside of the financial world to Get to learn a little bit more about him away from the office. Today's question for you, Ryan, is an interesting one, I think. If there are two types of people in this world, how would you categorize them? What are those two types? <laughs> I, I like this uh, question. I mean, yeah, this is you talking about, man, like really generalizing people in general. But it, I, I thought, I thought, I thought, I'm like, what, what can we do? Classify like there's two types of people. Well, Again, many different areas you could go down this path, but the, to me, the more I'm around people and the older I get, there's there's basically two types of people that, some people that are just busy and then people that get things done. And 
busy seems to be the buzzword of our society. And, and I, I'm pointing fingers at myself when I say that as well. But oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm busy. Well, everybody's busy. You know what? Everybody is. Uh, we got too much on our plate. We're, we're doing way too much. Um, we're doing way too much with our kids. <laughs> um, we're, we're involving them way too much in too many things. And it just it, it wears us out. Uh, thin as well. So I hear that reason. Oh, man, man, I've been so busy. Sorry, I got back to you. Or yeah, we need to push this off because we're just we've got a busy season coming up. Your whole life is busy. So either people are spinning their wheels and busy, and they don't accomplish anything. Or there's people who are still busy, but they get things done. They're efficient, they're profitable. So there's a big difference between the two. And the latter are, are rare. <laughs> There's not that many people right. who do get things done, who are efficient, who are profitable. And those are the people I want to be around. Those are the people I want to work for me. Uh, and so again, I, I just don't like the excuse busy. It did dry. It's one of my kind of pet peeves because, because we all are, you just got to make time. Yeah. That's no question. There's no question. There's always different levels of being busy too. And there's there's always something going on. Don't you love it too? Uh, the what the one thing you don't realize, and, and now that I am a parent, you don't realize how how much free time you had before yep. you became a parent. <laughs> you just had no idea. You literally 100%. had no idea. Percent. That's why people who don't have kids. I mean, there, it could be for a variety of reasons. I, some yeah. people just physically can't, and I, I you know, I, I hate that for the people because I, I do think obviously kids are a blessing, but yeah, people have no, and even me having just two, when, when people say they have three or four, I'm like, good God, I don't know how, <laughs> how do you get anything? How you do it? Yeah. I mean, it's already hard enough to divide and conquer now that my kids are old enough to be playing sports and this weekend's a perfect microcosm. My son's got the biggest football game of the year, uh, but my daughter has a game a tournament down South of Atlanta but I'm the head coach of her softball team. I want to be at his football game, not because I don't want to be at my daughter's, but she's got seven games this weekend. It's a softball tournament, and he's got one. Uh, but I'm, I'm being pulled, and I feel obligated to, to go there. And I already have this talk with my daughter, like, hey, I'm not picking him over you or you or vice versa. I just, you know, we have to make decisions, and one's going to miss one and one's going to miss the other. So right. you throw a third or fourth kid in there, yeah, yeah. somebody's going to be a taxi service for him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, very good. Well, let's talk about taxes today as we jump into our main conversation here on Perfect Game Retirement. And we're going to put this up online at blackoakam.com. So if you haven't uh, visited the website, please do that. You can schedule a Retirement Coach 360 session there. There's also a lot of a lot of uh, resources, including the How to Defuse Your Ticking Tax Time Bomb Toolkit, which fits in perfectly to this today. So request that. That is free. Ron will get it out to you. And send it your way. Just to fill out a couple of form or a couple of blanks, and, and you'll have that in your in your uh, inbox pretty soon. So, again, we want to talk about some of the areas, uh, some tax consequences, pros and cons, really, of various account types that we we utilize for our retirement planning. Um, I want to start with the kind of the maybe the main one, right? The tax deferred accounts. We all. We all rely on these, just about all of us, not everyone, but for the majority of us Americans, we will rely on the 401ks, the IRAs to build up our nest egg for retirement. What are we looking at here, Ryan, pro and con wise for this? What's good and bad about them? Yeah, I mean, I'll try to keep this <laughs> to a reasonable time uh, of going into these. But so, yeah, tax deferred accounts, that, that's traditionally what people have been saving in since 
401ks and IRAs were created. And I've talked about the history of 401ks, not going to go down that path other than, hey, these things were started in the late 70s, early uh, 80s and, and weren't really fully implemented to a lot of businesses until the, the mid to late 80s. Uh, some of your bigger corporations did, but again, you got to you have to rewind the the tax clock on that. And what were tax rates at the time? Well, they they were extremely high. They were in the upper seventies, as far as the highest tax rate. Thirty seven percent is our highest tax rate now. So history does play a part in this. And why we were kind of spoon fed this information, it wasn't incorrect information at the time. It's it's hey, put in your money pre tax today when you're in a higher tax bracket. And then when you're in retirement and you don't need as much income, then you're in a lower tax bracket. So not only do you get the tax break when they're when you're contributing, but then you pull it out when you're in a lower tax bracket. Makes 100% logical sense. And again, people were not doing anything wrong. Well, fast forward in 2021, as a recording of this, again, 37% is the highest tax bracket. And, it, you know, it goes from the 10 to the 12 to the 22 to the 24 to the 32, then to the 35. Well, even those income bands within each one of those percentage brackets are, are relatively large, especially when you get to the 22 and the 24. I mean, that, it's a pretty high income number that you have to be at to be in those um, in those thresholds, if you will, in our marginal tax rate. They weren't that wasn't the case back then. I mean, it, it, the, the rates were much, much higher. So now with rates being so low, you may be in the 22 or the 24% tax bracket while you're working right now. And fast forward 10 years from now, again, uh, I'm speculating because I don't, we don't know what the new tax code is going to be. But if they stay relatively the same-ish, <laughs> um, you, you could be in the exact same tax bracket. So what's the point of getting the tax deduction if I'm going to be in the exact same tax bracket? I might as well try to put it in a Roth or a Roth 401k and pay the same tax rate. But hey, I get compounded tax-free growth. And then when I pull it out later, if it's in the Roth, then it doesn't affect my Social Security benefit. It doesn't affect Medicare, so on and so forth. So there's many different things. So the, the 401k, again, the benefit, if you're in a higher tax bracket right now, it may make 100% sense to do the pre-tax 401k. I could still make an argument to do a Roth 401k if you have access to it. But if, if you want the tax deduction, great. Uh, most people don't even itemize their taxes anymore. They do the yeah. standard deduction. Um, so there's just not a lot of as much benefit as before. But again, those pre-retirees, they've been doing it for 20 and 30 years. So to unwind that sometimes is, is, is very difficult. But maybe start putting some more money in that Roth 401k potentially or an outside Roth IRA. But the, the tax, yeah, you get the tax deferred, which means you don't pay taxes as it grows. But you, you strategically pay taxes on as you pull it out. So the, the upside of the 401k being pre-tax is you can you can control how much you take out. That way you control how much taxes you pay. However, when you get to 72, that's the required minimum distribution age, if you have a substantial large lump sum amount in an IRA or 401k that's all pre-tax, the government's making you take that money out. So you cannot control your tax rate anymore and you cannot control how much taxes you pay in your social security benefit, and then potentially if your Medicare premiums jump up as well. 
So that's the tax-deferred side of things. So about the tax-free accounts, we're talking about the Roth IRA. I know, obviously, there's a big benefit in not having to pay any taxes on those gains over time. Uh, are there any other benefits? And maybe what's the con for that? Yeah, the tax-free accounts, obviously the Roth um, is, has, has been around for a while. Uh, the government does – it's got some limitations. It's got some handcuffs on it. Okay. Um, you know, income levels, if you make too much money, you can't technically actively contribute to a Roth IRA. Uh, the downside of a Roth is you can only put six grand per person. Uh, if you're under the age of 50, if you're over 50, you can put uh, up to $7,000 as of the recording of the show in 2022, who knows those, those numbers could go up, but uh, the government knows they're not going to be able to tax that anymore. And, and you conspiracy theorists out there uh, thinking that the government's going to change that rule that now we're going to have to pay taxes in our Roth. Um, ludicrous, uh, to be perfectly candid. And if they ever change that law, then it would be something that would be grandfathered in anyway. So if you've been doing it and been contributing to it, the government will not uh, all of a sudden start taxing it. They, they, they're, they're politicians. They want to get reelected. And so if they change or alter that, there's going to be a lot of ticked off people uh, who do that. So the government knows they're never going to be able to tax that money again. So they limit how much you can put into a Roth IRA. Now, obviously, if it's a Roth 401k, there's zero limitations. Those limitations I just told you about are gone. You could make huge amounts of money and put it in a Roth 401k. There's no income consequences or limitations whatsoever. You can put up to 19,500 in a Roth IRA or 26,000 if you're over the age of 50 in a Roth 401k. So you can max it out just like you do a regular 401k. It's just pre-tax money. Now, if you have a match through your employer, that match is going to be pre-tax. So it's almost like you have two account values inside your 401k. Your, your contributions will be after tax or Roth and the match will be uh, pre-tax. So whenever you retire one day, just make sure you're rolling over the after-tax portion to a Roth IRA and the pre-tax portion over to a rollover IRA. But yeah, the limitations aren't many other than are we able to contribute? And if we are, we can't really put uh, a whole lot in there. Unless, again, if it's in that Roth 401k. So those are the two primary retirement accounts, your tax-deferred, tax-free. Now let's talk a little bit about your taxable accounts. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, the brokerage accounts you use and some other types like that. How are you utilizing these with retirement planning? Yeah, I mean, I like taxable uh, accounts, uh, like, a, like a, an investment account where I tell people there's no like universal name like a Roth IRA or a 401k for these brokerage accounts. A brokerage account could be called an individual account, an investment account, uh, a joint tenant with rights of survivorship. I mean, there's so many different little nuances uh, and every custodian's got a different kind of name for them. They like to put their own stamp on it there. Um, we use Charles Schwab, so it's called a Schwab One account. Um, but it's, you invest it just like you do a Roth or a 401k. You can be as aggressive or as conservative. I get a lot of people going, well, what's the rate of return on those types of accounts? Well, it depends. I, I don't know. It depends on how aggressive you want to get. But again, you can hold individual stocks. You can hold bonds. You can hold ETFs. You can hold mutual funds in there. And I, I think it's a great account. I tell people it's like a, to me, it's like a slush fund because if you can't do a Roth, you're maxing out your 401k 
then it's like, what next? Where do I go to next? Well, the beauty of the, the taxable account is there's no income limits on it. You can make as much money as you want per year, and there's no contribution limits. You can put $100,000 a year in this account. I mean, it's your higher income earners really use these taxable accounts a lot because there are, there's no there's only so many places you can stuff money, if you will, legally <laughs> um, from a retirement standpoint. But then after that, it's a taxable account. I mean, you can you can also fund your own pension. That's a conversation for another day. But there are accounts where you can really, really high income earners can uh, basically self-fund a pension. But most people, that taxable account, uh, I love it because you can use it for whatever you want. Uh, and this is an area that I like to use. That it could be used for college. Um, now, there's no tax benefits whatsoever to use it for college. But I like to use them for, again, a college savings account, a wedding fund, a retirement fund, a new car fund. I mean, you name it. Uh, th this is just has a lot of universal um, use to it. Now, the downsides of it is you pay taxes on the gains inside that account. But you really, normally you only pay it when you liquidate those funds. So if you need 10 grand out and you have to sell an investment to create $10,000 of cash to be sent to you. If there's gains in that particular investment, then you'll pay, you'll pay gains. Now, again, another thing, since we're not CPAs, that's another tax question you can talk to your CPA about, but uh, it depends on how long that investment's been there. There's a difference between short-term and long-term capital gains. Uh, short-term capital gains is you've only held the investment for basically a year or less. And when you, when you hear the word short-term capital gains, that's basically ordinary income. I don't know if that's a, they did that on purpose to kind of cover up the actual taxation of it, but it's your marginal tax rate. So if you're in the 24% tax rate, or excuse me, tax bracket, then that's basically your short-term capital gains rate. Uh, if it stays in there uh, a year and a day or longer, uh, that's long-term capital gains. And so that's that's tiered very differently too. Uh, again, not to get too much in the weeds and the nuances of it, but your capital gains is either taxed at 0%, 15%, or 20%. And it all depends on where your marginal tax rate is. It just depends. Most people, it's either going to be taxed at 0%, which is great, but that does mean your taxable income is not very high, at least taxable. Again, stress that word taxable. Um, but most people are in the uh, the fifteen percent capital gains rate now. I do think Congress is going to go after capital gains. Uh, that's just my humble opinion. Uh, I do think those rates will go up. I mean, they've blatantly stated it's going up, but who it actually affects that remains to be seen. We keep hearing this mythical, oh, if you make four hundred thousand dollars or more, or you make over a million, or uh, who knows? Those are big numbers out there. Uh, right. So that may may or may not apply to a lot of people. But where taxable accounts really come into play is in retirement. Because if your taxable income is low enough, again, taxable, I didn't say income, I said taxable income is low enough, then these taxable accounts could potentially be 0% as well. Hmm. Interesting stuff, for sure. i got a couple more that maybe you aren't thinking about as much in terms of taxes, but I think they're important to discuss. So let's start with CDs. I mean, this used to be a much wider use tool, I guess, oh, than yeah. it is oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> but but what are some of the tax consequences here? Oh yeah, I mean, rolling CDs, man. My grandmother, she's she's awesome. I mean, that's all she's done her entire life. Uh, my grandfather since passed away. My grandmother's ninety three years old. 
I mean, still just chugging along like nothing. Um, and, and she gets so ticked off that CD rates are <laughs> they are what they are. So every time they come due, you know, six months later, a year later, every time they come due, she's, I can't believe that I'm only getting this. And, and hmm. I, I don't want to even talk to her about investing her money because if I lose a dime of it, I'm not going to hear the end of it. So <laughs> I just say, Grandma, you're fine. You just keep – it's worked for you this long. There's no need to change it. You're 93 years old. you got plenty of money. You keep doing what you're doing. But, yeah, rolling CDs, just it ain't going to cut it anymore. Um, even, uh, and I think I mentioned this on the show before, so sorry for people who listen and you've heard this before, but again, I was cleaning out my drawer and I found an old paycheck from when I was in the minor leagues with, uh, with the pirates. And obviously other than my paycheck being God awful low, um, there was a, there was a advertisement for a CD, uh, rates from PNC bank. And this was 2001, I believe. And a six-month CD was 5.5%. And that, that doesn't seem that long ago, 2001. It's 20 years, obviously. But, I mean, 5.5%, people would be lined up in front of the bank, or at least online. I shouldn't say lined up because nobody goes to a bank anymore. But people would be going nuts over a six-month CD at 5.5%. Can you imagine all those people that have just sold their homes and they're looking to park cash from a short-term basis so they can then put a down payment on the next house? And getting five and a half percent for a six month CD, that's outstanding. So, but that doesn't, that just doesn't happen anymore. CD rates are so low right now. And the problem with CD rates, if they advertise 1% or one and a half percent or whatever it is, you got to pay tax on the interest earned. So you may get a measly little, you know, tax form that's got 37 bucks you got to pay tax on. Uh, so that 1% is not 1%. You're paying tax and you get a tax form each year for uh for those cds now if it's if it's in an ira you don't but why on earth you would put a cd in an ira unless you work at a you know your advisor's a banker (laughs) i don't know why you would put a cd inside of an ira yeah interesting yeah they're just aren't uh quite what they used to be but some Mm -hmm. people still rely on them uh last one on our list here life insurance what are we thinking about in terms of taxes with life insurance it's not the first thing that comes to mind when i think about that yeah, I mean, this, you know, called a, for lack of a better term, called a controversial topic when it comes to life insurance. There's people in the schools of thought that life insurance needs to stay in its own lane. It's for catastrophic events. Um, and us being Dave Ramsey advisors, I 100% get the, the, the term policy. It's there. You want to self-insure yourself for the long term with your investments. Makes Makes perfect sense. From a from an estate planning standpoint, there are I, I do see the flip side of it. So I do see the benefits sometimes of life insurance being um, an estate planning tool. So there are people out there who will put overfund a life insurance policy, whether it's a index universal life or a whole life policy, but they may over overfund those types of policies, and then they can take income out later. Uh, that's tax-free. And the reason why it's income tax-free is because technically you're either taking out your cost basis or your original principal amount and then a combination of loans as well. So you can take off loans off the cash value uh, inside that. Those can get pretty complex. Um, But again, as an estate planning tool, uh, I can see how they would work. Now, you don't hear those mentioned as much from an estate planning standpoint because 
the uh, exemptions for uh, estate tax is $11.7 million per person. So you get a married couple, that's a lot. There's not many people whose estates are over that. Now, where estate planning for life insurance was a big deal is when those numbers were way south of a million bucks or even at a million dollars. It is not hard to have a net worth or investments of over a million bucks. So that's where uh, life insurance can be a great estate planning tool. Now, another caveat there, I do think the new tax code will go after estate taxes. Uh, they will probably lower that amount that can be passed on to the next generation. Now, from, from spouse to spouse, it's you, you get an exemption. So that money just slides over to the spouse. But it's when it moves generations, that's where they the tax rates are, are high, very high on any amount over that threshold. But again, like I said, that threshold is $11.7 million per person. So that's a lot of money that can be passed on and you don't pay that estate tax. But life insurance can be a useful tool. It just depends on the situation. I do think a lot of these things were way oversold in the early 80s. These uh, variable universal life, I mean, they were using assumption rates of 18%. And these things have blown up on people because 18% is ridiculous. But when safe money was paying you 8 to 9%, 18% wasn't unreasonable um, when it comes to projections, at least at that time. But you look back and go, oh, my God, there's no way. That's why these VULs have, have blown up on people. So just make sure you know, again, the pros and cons, like I mentioned before, on every one of these accounts. It can be a useful tool. Just really, really make sure you know the fine print on those. Great stuff, as always, Ryan. Uh, for anyone that is interested in getting that um, ticking tax time bomb, how to defuse the ticking tax time bomb toolkit that you have on your website, can you give a quick rundown of what the, what all that includes? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a book that I uh, co-authored in there, another book that I wrote the foreword on. Um, there is an audio CD that we've since, um, you'll, if you request the kit, uh, we don't, just like most people, we don't really... Uh, produce the the cds anymore but you will get a link to the audio recording okay. uh, as well so there's some free reports in there again it's 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 got some good information in it uh, it's kind of a starting point if people want to piggyback a conversation after that a 15 minute phone call that's usually what we do afterwards to answer any questions sometimes we meet with people um, there's you know with anything now people are weary like oh god what you know what am i getting myself into if i request this kit I mean, we send these things out all the time and we never hear from the individual again. That's fine. That's that's totally fine. So it's, it's providing education. There's no sales talk in there whatsoever. And if people want to have just a, a, a normal conversation about, okay, you mentioned this in your book. I had a question. Here's my situation. All right, great. But uh, there's zero obligation. Um, you know, we run Facebook ads on these two and and, and people are like, oh, this is a scam. This It's so funny to hear people's comments. I'm like, that's fine. You want to think it's a scam, then then, then, then so be it. Uh, I can't control that because there is a lot of bad things on, on Facebook or whatever social media platform. But, well, yeah, we send those out. Uh, it'll be in a, a shiny envelope, whether it's a shiny black or a shiny gold uh, envelope. So we get those out uh, as soon as we can when we get those requests. Outstanding. Again, you can just log on blackoakam.com. You'll see it on the very front of the page as soon as you log on. So just click that send my toolkit, fill out what you need to, and uh, Ryan will get it on his way. It's time to open up the mailbag. I got a mailbag question today on this episode of Perfect Game Retirement that came in 
From Grace, she writes, uh, my dad just died six months ago, and I'm a little worried about my mom, who's in her late 70s, and is now in charge of handling the investments for the first time in her life. I don't know much about it myself, so what should I tell her to do? Good question, Grace. Uh, this is a O2 common thing where one one spouse does most of the handling and the other one's left in the dark. Um, and, and from a generational uh, stereotype, yes, it's usually the male and female. And that's that's one person, one couple at a time. We can't change the world here, but one couple at a time. We we want to meet with both. And, and, and I get it. There there's sometimes one person, when whether it's the male or female, but there's usually one person who takes a liking to this more. That's fine. But they need to know that, hey, I'm a real person. I exist. So God forbid something happens, you know, schedule a meeting. We'll, we'll make heads or tails of what you have and what you don't have. So um, Grace, great question. It, this is not too uncommon. This is where elder abuse, uh, and, and I say late 70s. I hate that word elder because uh, my dad's getting close to that age and I do not look at him as elder at all. But it's a, it's a term in our industry that is very, very common where – uh, people take advantage of these individuals and sell them products or sell them uh, a, a bag of garbage and they earn a big commission on. It's a real thing. I mean, it's it's heavily, heavily scrutinized by the federal government right now. And I had an extended family member who was, who was subject to this. Um, she was a very wealthy person and some neighbors kind of helped take care of her for a while and they ended up getting her to convince her to change her will. And somehow they did they accomplished that and she passed away and we never heard or saw from those people ever again uh just gone vanished so it's a real thing i've seen it happen uh so grace i I would definitely reach out to someone uh if you don't have someone in your corner that you work with grace um again I'm, i'm biased i'm on the dave ramsey network but put punch in your zip code and, and Dave Ramsey does not put slouches on his websites as far as advisors go. So put your information in there. Yeah, you'll get contacted from several people. That's our job. And some people complain to us, oh, you, you, you contact me too much. I'm like, really? <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. People are like, oh, I never hear from my advisor. But anyway, so uh, you, you'll, you'll get a lot of points of contact from, from advisors. But it's, it, they're Ramsey trusted and you'll get a good advisor there. And so I think sitting down with, with, uh, an advisor along with your, your mom, Grace would be, I think it'd be the first step, uh, to, to really helping her out through the, the latter stages of her life. Very good stuff, Grace. Sorry for your loss again. And, uh, hopefully that, that will help you out. But again, if you want to uh, sit down with Ryan and go in a little more detail about her situation, um, please do so. Blackoakam.com is the website. And if you have a question that you want to send into the show, please do so as well via the website. Um, Ryan, I appreciate it as always, man. I know taxes aren't uh, something we like to think about, but it's so important for our retirement planning and our financial planning that we do pay attention to it. So thanks for walking us through it today. Absolutely. I mean, when it, when it helps people make decisions and maybe they can even retire early just because they can navigate the tax code, um, it's, it's, uh, that can happen. I've had clients that have done that before and they realize how taxation works and they've been able to retire early. So you're talking about a, a, a good feeling and that's why you, we do what we do hundred percent. So navigating this stuff is, uh, is a real thing. If you want to subscribe to the show, we'd appreciate that. It helps us continue to grow. We'll have more great financial conversations coming up right here on perfect game retirement. Ryan, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. 
The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.